Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas! Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly... The most festive. Ask anyone. I will be damned, Blonde. I will be damned if any C-grade podcast out Christmases us this year. <laughs> this is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked. On my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca. Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And uh, in addition to spreading all this holiday cheer tonight, we've got a bunch of topics for discussion, the most pressing of which is this controversial story about a child dying in Santa's arms in Knoxville, Tennessee. And a lot of people are calling Santa a fraud, as I was on Twitter earlier this week. But there may be more of a debate to this story than I originally thought. So we'll get into that. Plus, we'll talk about those always wise celebrities making a plea to the presidential electors this week. The, uh, the first million celebrity pleas of this election didn't really work out, but I think this one, or maybe they think this one's going to be different. This is the one celebrity plea that's going to change everything. <laughs> Plus, uh, what else we got? Um, I want to get into Keith Olbermann if we have some time. We'll save that for the end of the show. Oh, and then I have that surprise cringe video for you that you haven't Ew. seen yet, but um, but we'll get into that too. Uh, so it'll be all this and more in your favorite hour listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. One last thing, if you caught the show... Uh, last week, or if you listen to the call-in show, we're doing Christmas giveaways. Uh, it's still open. I'm going to keep the sweepstakes open until Christmas Day. So there's a link to a Google form in the description. If you put your name and your email in there, we're going to pick four lucky winners uh, at Christmas time. Probably I don't know between Christmas and New Year's. Whenever I get around to it, it's free, so don't complain. We'll pick four of you, and you get uh, a choice of a show T-shirt or mug. You might be the proud owner of rare beauty in the beta merchandise ultra rare pretty much nobody has it in fact so you could be the proud owner anyway we're gonna get into this santa story i also we're behind on art submissions from listeners and viewers so i want to jump into that unless you've got other items for the top of the show here no let's talk about that there's some good ones okay well if you uh if you follow me on twitter you might have noticed i changed my youtube art artwork as well uh, at the start of the month here and I made it nice and festive. I made that avatar festive for Christmas, added the Santa hat, did a nice little snow background. Well, friend of the show, face palm reality gets in touch with me and says, Oh no, you should have, you should have done something more like this. 
should have done this drunken hobo Santa <laughs> against a brick wall with your avatar. I thought that was pretty nice. And then it turns out he and friend of the show, Bryden Proctor, thought this, uh, apparently this is a fitting avatar too. That's, that's my MC avatar with the swastikas all over it. Somehow that is suitable. How that's Christmas, I don't even know. But, but that, uh, that came my way. And then we got a couple submissions from uh, listener Steven Suarez, who uh, calls the show quite frequently on Wednesday nights. We had uh, this version of me sitting on top of my avatar. Top of the show, I said, I want this to be festive. Nobody's going to out-festive us. But I got to say, there's a limit to my festiveness. This is one degree too festive for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steven. I love this artwork. He just makes me look... Um, Fancy. I, like I said, yes, one one degree fancier than uh, than I'm comfortable with. Let's put it that way. But I look prepared for a night out in the town. I like that. And he also did you. He did. Uh, Blonde the Feminist Slayer in Seattle. I like it. Uh, a, a play on uh, on Buffy. He made my so boobs that- look top. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. Yeah, nice work. Thanks for the augmentation. We appreciate that. Uh <laughs> Uh, so that was great. And then this came this came into my mentions this week. A very rare, uh, I, I'm going to say it was Blonde's yearbook photo, actually. Blonde's yearbook photo from what, junior, senior year of high school, somewhere in there? Yep, yep. I, th- I think that's about right. Blonde Nazi Barbie <laughs> in high school in Missouri. And oh, then- <laughs> I bet my parents are so proud right now. <laughs> Oh my! And then, uh, and then I also got this to Der Beta Mensch. Uh, <laughs> so I'm an honorable, yeah, a very honorable German man. How did I get dragged into this Nazi crap? I, know. I don't even know. How did I get dragged into it? I never talk about the Jews ever. <laughs> I make a point of not talking about the Jews, and I'm suddenly Nazi Barbie. This is Blonde Christmas. Hero. Okay, this <laughs> this is not the Hanukkah episode. Let's be very clear. <laughs> And since it's Christmas, we should probably get into this Santa debacle. So I actually didn't become aware of this story until after it was broken as an alleged fraud. So I saw this. I heard about this, I think maybe Thursday. People were starting to say this was a fraudulent story. But the idea here is this professional Santa in Knoxville, Tennessee, claims that he has a friend who is a nurse at an undisclosed hospital who called him up one day and said, hey, there's a kid here dying, wants to see Santa before he dies. Santa says, okay, Santa goes and visits the hospital, visits this kid, gives him a present. Allegedly, as Santa says, this child dies in his arms while Santa is at the hospital. And it's a story that kind of made the rounds. It became semi-viral. People cried. News anchors cried. We saw a lot of people celebrating this Santa. And Naturally, some of the cynics among us started to poke holes in Santa's claims here. And a bit of a debate has emerged because I thought, based on what I read, I was pretty sure Santa was a fraud. And some listeners of the show, uh, headed up by our guy Jay Fry, came and challenged that notion. And I think there's actually a pretty good argument to be made in favor of Santa here. So let's first review what Santa himself had to say, and that was on uh, CNN earlier this month. Let's see what Santa's got. I came up to him first and, and said, what's this I hear that you think you're going to miss Christmas? And 
he, he just kind of nodded his head at me. And um, I says, no way. Theo's already had your present already made up for you, and here it is. And I handed him the present, mm-hmm. and he was so weak, he had a hard time um, opening it up. And I, uh, I helped him with it. And he saw what it was and put a smile on his face. And then he kind of just put his hand, hands down and laid back in the pillow and then looked at me. He said, they say I'm dying. And I said, well, would you do me a favor? And he goes, sure. I said, when you get to those pearly gates, you just tell them you're number 10 as number one elf. And I, I guarantee you, it'll open up the gates for you. He says, I am? You're sure you are. And he just kind of leaned forward, gave me a big hug. And as I looked down at him, he looked up at me with those begging eyes. He said, Sam, can you help me? <laughs> and uh, he passed before I could say anything. So I got on to him and uh, looked over to the parents. And the mother started screaming and like, no, no, not yet. And she came over. I handed the child to her, and I took off. Um, yeah. I, I uh, a big fat boy running down the aisle of the uh, the uh, aisleway there, crying his head off. You know. Okay, so that's Santa's story. You're you're already getting skeptical. So let's. I, I want to give a fair hearing to both sides here and review the facts of kind of what happened. So after this story, it was first broken by the Knoxville News Sentinel in Tennessee. And I think there is one crucial, there are a couple crucial facts that may play into Santa's favor here. One of which, if you, uh, according to the Knoxville News Sentinel, is Santa himself didn't go to the paper and, and give this story or try to sell this story. It was given to the paper by some third party who knows this Santa guy, talked to him about it, and you know, tried, made contact with the paper. So I want to emphasize it's not Santa. It's It's been the year of hoaxes, obviously, but this Santa didn't go to Twitter or Facebook or the Knoxville News Sentinel and be like, hey, everyone, look at my hoax, if that's what happened. But there are still some holes to discuss here. So after this story became kind of viral, a lot of these news outlets tried to look for a way to verify it. CNN, Knoxville News Sentinel, other people uh, just looking into the story. They called hospitals, couldn't get a hospital to verify this. They reviewed obituaries, couldn't find an obituary of a child who fit that description. Um, what else did they do? There were, basically, there were several uh, efforts by a lot of people to verify any part of this story. And nobody could with the exception of the local NBC station in Knoxville, who says they did independently verify the details of the story, but they can't publish them because of privacy concerns, which are valid. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, what's, what's interesting out of that NBC report, and again, if you want to read these, they're all linked in the description. You can find them and decide for yourself whether Santa's legit or a fraud here. They say they independently verified these things, and part of their verification was talking to Santa's wife, who says, oh, this happened in mid-October. Well, Santa said it happened about a month ago. So, and, and he left the date unclear because he says he wants to protect 
the privacy of the family. And that's why he's not saying anything about the family, the kid, the hospital. Santa stands by his intent to protect the family and protect their privacy. So it makes sense to me that you might leave the date unclear, but when his wife gave a different date, approximate date than he did, he said, oh, my wife uh, remembers these things better than I do. Well, (laughs) uh, I understand old Santas are forgetful, but it's quite a thing to forget, a child dying in your arms. That's quite a thing to forget. Now, <laughs> uh, hang on to your skepticism because because <laughs> I'll, I'll try to the, the last part of this fact pattern here is that there are legitimate reasons it, it, it would be quite difficult to verify this stuff independently especially if you were trying to call hospitals to be like hey is this the place where Santa held that dying kid in, in <laughs> his arms because there are laws that govern that sort of thing we have patient protection right. privacy laws that govern that sort of thing listener of the show greasy faggot who's a, a, a listener of the show and, and a patron and all those things. Greasy Faggot. Greasy Faggot's mom is a medical coder and biller. And so she got in touch with me while, I was, while we were kind of debating this, quote unquote, debating this on Twitter and said, hey, my mom has some thoughts on this that might add to the conversation. So here's her one minute explanation about why it might be difficult to verify some of these details real way to verify the story with medical staff all they could say is yes santa does visit our hospital but they cannot say what child what person doesn't matter the age the hipaa law protects their privacy they cannot say that santa saw any certain child that died any certain person that died period it's a violation of their privacy therefore a violation of a hipaa law and they can't even say which santa it was right no not not really. Santa becoming publicly known to a certain hospital can become a very touchy, fine line in HIPAA laws. If someone is told that Santa worked at, you know, goes to this hospital and, and therefore somebody knows that, that child died, and then it just becomes a huge HIPAA fine line and there can be offenses which are costly. Violations can be charged per offense. So you can be charged hundreds of thousands of dollars. Each offense is $10,000 plus jail time. And that's all determined by how many offenses that you have violated. Okay, so in in the interest of just being, beyond the interest of just being a good guy, like if we take Santa at his word, he's just being a good guy. There's also very serious legal implications here that a hospital would have to navigate around if people were trying to poke into this to verify it. So I think what we what this comes down to is, I mean, this has been the year of unverifiable claims, but this is an unverifiable claim in which there's good reason that it's unverifiable. So you've had the skeptical eye the whole time, the cynical eye, the anti-Santa eye that's pissing Jay Fry off right now. I know. I'm probably pissing a lot of people off. Uh, okay. I think that if you had a child die in your arms, you would remember the date. You would remember the very day that that happened. Also, what made me skeptical initially is that this child asked for Santa in October. And then the way he told the story was all sweet and tender and you know, it, the, the right things were said at the right moments and the kid died at the right time. And then he hands – none of this rings true. I'm and a lot, of the, a lot of the skeptics do say, you're, you're telling me that a child had a coherent conversation one moment and then died like a moment later. I mean, that I, happens. I'm, I'm not going to touch the medical end of it because I just don't know. But I, I will say that some of the skeptics are raising that suspicion. Mm. Um, 
I, I mean, I guess I can believe that a dying child would be like, man, I just want to make it to Christmas. I just want to make it to Christmas. If maybe I could just see Santa. And I understand that if you called the hospital and tried to inquire about a specific patient or a specific visit, there, there would be all sorts of um, complications that would arise. However, that's not the only potential way to verify this. In the story in the local NBC outlet, Santa and his wife say they wish the nurse who let them in or, or called him in would come forward and verify this. But they said, this is what they said, um, or what Santa and his wife say about why she won't. The nurse, Santa says, fears her job could be in jeopardy if she came forward for calling a non-family member into an ICU without prior hospital approval and having that person publicly share the story. Okay, so you're telling me that you're you're trying to be, th- this nurse is like, oh, don't don't publicly share the story because that's a that's a potential regulatory violation. But then on the other hand, you're saying, you had a pretty serious regulatory violation or hospital policy violation, whatever it would be in letting a non-family member into the ICU. I mean, it's not like that couldn't happen, but it just strikes me as kind of schizophrenic with the rules. Like we'll break them here, but not there. And I'm really worried about the rules here, but not there. So the nurse, and I don't know about the, the law, the, the legal implications with HIPAA, but I, I don't know. Could the nurse come forward and be like, or even anonymously, could she just call a news outlet anonymously and be like, yeah, it was me. I was the nurse. It sounds like no. I mean, I, I bet the people at the hospital if this actually happened knew what nurse did it. So they would know that she had uh, violated HIPAA. Uh, maybe I'm just too cynical. I don't know. You, know. you know who else could come forward? And I don't mean to put pressure on people if they did suffer a tragedy. But there's no reason that the family themselves couldn't come forward. Um, and, and I'm not going to judge people who might not want to do that in such a tragic situation. But if you're, if you know that Santa did that gesture for your child and now Santa's getting ripped publicly, maybe you come forward and be like, look, I didn't want to talk about this. It happened. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm not taking any more calls and any more questions that could also happen. Too. Did they check the obituaries and such? People did. Yeah. Apparently that like they called every hospital in the Knoxville area. They checked all the Knoxville area obituaries and nobody can, can verify this. So, well, that's pretty damning. Yeah. But I mean, not everyone gets an obituary, right? I mean, it's only if one is written, you know, it's not like every death has to come with an obituary. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, you can make the case. My official, well, let me say this before I state my official position. There is, I am interested to see what people think about this. So I put a poll in the description. You can vote in there. Do you think Santa, the Knoxville Santa is a fraud? Meaning that this is a hundred percent BS fake. Do you think he's a hero? Meaning you buy his story a hundred percent or are you where I think I am, which is like, mm, I think there's at least some embellishment going on here. Go with maybe half truth. I don't know. The, the the things that stick out to me, like I said, the inconsistency in the dates, they're inconsistent and not in just a way of like, look, I'm not telling you the date because I want to maintain privacy. They're like, uh, yeah, I'll tell you a, a, a range of dates, but it turns out the range of dates is wrong later. Oh, it was actually a range of dates much earlier than that. Okay. Hmm. Um, hmm. And it's not that every single fact of unf- unverifiability here is impossible. They could all line up, but the idea that they would all line up so perfectly you know, that, that nobody like the nurse won't speak. Obviously the hospitals won't speak if there's some kind of regulatory uh, reason they can't, the family won't speak. 
there's no obituaries. It's kind of a perfect storm of no verifiability that is a little bit too perfect for me to be comfortable with. Yeah. It doesn't ring true. That's my, my gripe, I suppose. Hmm. So I don't know. But you've introduced some doubt. I mean, yeah, maybe it's just a cynic in me that's saying absolutely not. This is insane. Well, and I've actually kind of gone the other way because when I first saw this story, I was like, oh, this is just like that hijab chick in New York City. Ain't no kids dying in Santa's arms and ain't no hijabs getting pulled off in New York City either. <laughs> but, you know, as Jay Fry and um, and Ms. Greasy Faggot and some of the other people on Twitter went back and forth with me, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, maybe there's good reason why this isn't verifiable. Maybe Santa's not a complete scumbag after all. So... I don't know. I will be curious to see what people think. Poll in the description. But uh, that's that's really all there is on Santa. I don't know that there's much more. Kind of thought maybe mm. we'd go longer on that, but that's about it. I think the problem is it's not you're not going to get a conclusive answer, and Santa himself is being very picky with his media appearances. Lately. Yes, but in all other cases, we require evidence before we draw any conclusions. So I think we have to remain skeptical until we know more. Yes, I am but with you I'm there. But now I'm curious, and I don't know if it's ever going to get resolved. I am with you there. The interesting element of this case is there is part, a partial legal blockade on some of that evidence. Hmm. So I think, what was the line in the Gizmodo article? Like, well, believing nonsense for charity is basically what Santa is all about anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you just want to believe uh, fiction for charitable purposes, that's really the spirit of, uh, of Santa Claus himself. Maybe he's just doing this in the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Made the story up. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I was listening to another radio show um, talk about this. And apparently the implications in the professional Santa world are very <laughs> dire, to be honest. Like there are, there are professional Santa conventions. There's like an association of these guys who are professional Santas. And if it's shown to be BS, I mean, this is going to be an ostracized Santa. <laughs> you thought the North Pole was lonely. Oh, this guy, no. this guy's going to, yeah, I mean, they can hang out with the clowns. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened? I mean, did the clowns make a recovery after all this clown crap? I don't went think away? they'll ever recover from this. Well, there was that big clown lives matter rally that was scheduled to happen, but it got shut down from death threats from tolerant, peaceful black lives matter advocates. Oh man. Anyway, that's, that's about it on Santa. Uh, definitely interested to see what the what the listeners think when the poll results start coming in <laughs> next thing i got if you're comfortable moving on there was a lot of talk of this this week so i'm sure we'll uh, again i always hate going over material that a lot of other podcasts have covered but sometimes that's just the way it is yep celebrities those politically wise philosopher king celebrities who uh are gatekeepers of all things in terms of um i don't know political knowledge, political wisdom, whatever. They're at it again. This is what's fascinating about the election to me. I thought that once the election was over, all the annoying posts on Facebook and stuff were going to go down. Nope, they're actually worse. I thought uh, celebrity celebrity directions on how to vote and what to do politically would go away. Nope, they're actually doubling down. So they're back at it again this week, but it's not a message for you and I because tomorrow, tomorrow's the big day. Tomorrow's the big day where the electors are going to meet and they're actually going to uh, pick the next president, presumably Donald J. Trump. But you never know what could happen if they buy into this video. But this video has been making the rounds this week. All these celebrities uh, with a plea to the electors. 
Republican members of the Electoral College, this message is for you. As you know, our founding fathers built the Electoral College to safeguard the American people from the dangers of a demagogue and to ensure that the presidency only goes to someone who is, to an eminent degree, endowed with the requisite qualifications. An eminent degree. Someone who is highly qualified for the job. There are 538 members of the Electoral College. You and just 36 other conscientious Republican electors can make a difference by voting your conscience on December 19th and thereby shaping the future of our nation. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. As you know, the Constitution oh, gives electors the right to vote for any eligible person. Any eligible person, no matter which party they belong to. But it should certainly be someone you consider especially competent. Especially competent. Okay, you need an especially ah. competent plastic surgeon. I mean, you want to talk about need for competency. This is, <laughs> this is Loretta Swit, also known as Hot Lips on the show MASH. Um, I don't know. What's your take? Have those lips cooled down a little bit? Maybe, they've, maybe they're too hot. Maybe they've heated up too much. That's not it. That's not all she's got going on. <laughs> face is, is generally whack. And then it's got some lips. I saw this on Crowder. They compared her to some Muppet. That played yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is pretty, pretty spot on. Oh, good God. I mean, whatever. We'll just continue. <laughs> to serve as president of the United States of America. What is evident is that Donald Trump lacks more than the qualifications to be president. He lacks the necessary stability and clearly the respect for the constitution of our great nation. You have position, the authority, and the opportunity to go down in the books as an American hero who changed the course of history. And you have my respect. You have my respect. You have my respect. For your patriotism and service to the American people. Unite for America. Could you imagine getting hot lips respect? I would do it. I would do it for Hot Lips Respect. Wouldn't you? Oh, God. It's all D-list actors, too. Who's persuaded by this? Who? Uh, well, I mean, it's for the electors, right? I mean, I... I <laughs> What's their plan? I don't understand. There are a lot of... I mean, that's the other problem. There are a lot of holes in this. If you... Even if you grant that the message is persuasive, which is a big ask... It's but, not. He does fill out all the requirements to be elected. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, there's, there's that. I didn't know... I, I would like to know... Where is the application for president? Where does it list the qualifications? And what are the qualifications that he doesn't meet? Because I am not aware. I mean, the Constitution outlines a few requirements, all of which he fits. But let's say that it is persuasive. Let's say that you, you and I are electors. You know, maybe I'm a Montana elector. And, or maybe we both are. And you know, our state voted for Donald Trump. And we're going to go to the convention and vote for Donald Trump because that's how our state voted well, <laughs> they talk about, well, you should, you should uh, vote your conscience instead. Well, a lot of people's conscience is to vote with, vote with their constituency. That seems like the right thing to do. But the other problem there is 26 states legally bind their electors to voting for how their, their ah. uh, state voted. So you're telling me like, yeah, well, Martin Sheen told me to vote with him and I'm, gonna, I'm willing to face legal penalty. Uh, I'm willing to, to commit a crime in my state for Martin Sheen. So there's that hole. Yeah. And I, I was watching Sticks Hexenhammer's video on this today, and he said that uh, your vote is public in, in this round. And so people oh. don't realize that. 
And then they'll feel pressure because they want to maintain their credibility for a Trump presidency because, you know, that's the smart thing to do. And if your vote's public, they'll just vote for Trump. And I I love this bullcrap about you don't have to vote for Hillary Clinton. We're not telling you to vote for Hillary Clinton. Well, what happens if they do that? If they go in and they vote for, let's say, Mitt Romney, and let's say 50, 60, 70, 80 Republican electors vote for Romney instead, or anyone, they could, one of them could vote for Carly Fiorina and 20 could vote for Cruz and 30 could vote for Rubio, whatever. What you have then is a situation in which nobody reaches 270 electoral votes. Who then selects the president? The house, the new house. Who are they going to pick? <laughs> Orange orangutan savior man. I mean, <laughs> I we, we get back to square one in that case. They didn't think this through, it seems like. And it's so dishonest. They always make this these appeals to like constitutional values and stuff. Well, you weren't doing that. Every time you talk about Hillary won the popular vote by three million, well, then you don't care about constitutional values and you care about democracy so much and and the will of the people, as you say. But you but you're telling the electors to ignore the will of the people in their states. It's never principled with these people. It's always grasping at straws to get their way, yeah. and everyone can see right through it. You go to this video. Oh, guess what? Comments disabled. Okay. Oh, guess what? Ratings disabled. The ratings were up for a little while and it is what you would expect. It's one of those where you need a magnifying glass to find the like on it. (laughs) And apparently they're doing personal lobbying. I don't know if it's this group or some other group, personal lobbying of the electors. Good Lord. I don't even know who shows to boycott because I didn't know who 75% of those people were. the, The one I was actually the only one I was bummed out to see in there was Bob Odenkirk from uh, of Breaking Bad. He's Saul. He's Saul Goodman. Ah, uh, yeah. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. I love Better Call Saul. Love Breaking Bad too. Yeah. Get you know, we talked last week about separating the artist from the art. It does not change the fact that I'm still going to watch Better Call Saul as soon as it's back on the air. I think coming up in a few weeks or months here. But acting's not art. Oh, that's that's so insulting. It's uh, not. Come on. A, I don't know. I disagree with you on that. I mean, I let's not act like they're painters or writers or anything it's an like art, that. No, it's an art form. It's absolutely an art form. Art form. Lots of things are. It's a sub art form. This is an art form right here. <laughs> this this Christmas getup is an art form. You know, if, if you're listening to this show after the fact, this is another one of those shows that you want to catch the video version of because I went, went to all the lengths here, made a special trip to Walmart to buy this cheap crap just to look <laughs> good for this. It was hard to find a Santa hat. Target was sold out. I Target didn't was, even try. Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> that's the lesson I learned. Don't try. Don't try. <laughs> Don't try. Uh, what else? I mean, that was that was really all I had to say about this video. It's it's just dumb. It's just dumb and it's dishonest and it's they they don't realize that every argument they make kind of contradicts the previous argument they made. Well, and, it's so patronizing too. Yeah, I mean, like. Like democracy doesn't matter. Like what everybody wants doesn't matter because it's what they and, do and, not. And they presume to know the conscience of the electors. Right. Vote right. your conscience. Well, what it, I mean. Okay, Deborah Messing. If I, I seriously, yeah. <laughs> Where's Will? How does he feel I about know, this? I know. <laughs> if they're going to pick one person from Will and Grace, I think it's got to be the gay guy, right? Why'd they pick the ginger woman? I don't know. I don't know. Good God. Uh, man, we're blasting through these, though. I don't want to belabor this topic too much because that's pretty much all there is. It's just a bunch of bull crap like usual. The question is, I mean, <laughs> is this going to be it? Are they going to be done? Are we going to see this kind of crap for the inauguration? Are we going to see this kind of crap 
forever. Nobody I mean, cares about your political opinions, celebrities. Nobody cares. No, I think we're going to be getting cares. this from celebrities always, though. <sighs> you kind of have to be an idiot if you're a celebrity who signs on to this stuff, too. You sort of you see how epically all of these fail, and you think, mm. I mean, even if you're passionate about your political opinions, it's like, yeah, but I'd rather not just alienate a lot of my audience, and I'd rather right. not sacrifice my career. Of course, if you're like uh, half the people in this video, you've come out of the cave of irrelevance for your once a decade appearance. I mean, true story with, uh, yeah. what's her face? Hot lips. Um, Loretta Swit. <laughs> there was a bunch of stories on the internet cause nobody had seen her for quite some time. And you're like, Holy crap. Look what she looks like now. <laughs> so if that's your goal is to have people write up articles, like look at this scary face. You missed Halloween. You're a couple months late. Yeah. Th that's not good. You probably just should have retired and lived a, a Stayed life out of, of the spotlight shutting the hell up until you die yeah and yeah. live on your money yeah Ugh. okay uh i told you i had a surprise cringe video for you it's kind of a similar theme and i know you're somewhat aware of this already but you haven't seen it yet i had to cut it up because it, there were copyright issues in play you're familiar with the canadian broadcasting corporation uh no as far as i understand they are kind of the equivalent of our pbs they're sort of a quasi-publicly funded, uh, you know, new a TV radio communications outlet. And that's fine. I don't necessarily have a problem with PBS. Some people do, but I don't necessarily have a problem of the, with the idea of like publicly funded communications, publicly funded stations. What happens though if publicly funded communications are very poorly done? propaganda pieces or very poorly done hyper-partisan quote-unquote comedy. This comes from CBS comedy or CB, CBC comedy. And it is a piece called Beige Power, which is a response to the white power that I apparently Donald Trump has been pushing. This is a response <laughs> directly to Mr. Trump and... I think you'll be insulted not only by how crappy it is, but also the idea that our friends north of the border paid for its production. Let's check this out. And now a demonstration in the waste of Canadian tax dollars. First of all, I'm going to keep saying loud and clearly that I am a feminist. It's inevitable, a beige horizon Brown meets white, no use in disguising Look at the pure breeds losing their grip Pure what? It's a lie, ask your DNA Beige power, beige power, can't fool us with hate This is Canada, bitch, we already great So listen up, alt-right, white <sighs> supreme Nazi Not gonna happen, disappointed you'll be So all you mixed race beauties Rise up, rise up Chunkies in the house. Rise up. Mexican Jews fixing your house. Rise up. Beaner schnitzels, guten tag. Minus Diaz. Hope you're listening, <laughs> Mr. Trump. And Mr. Bannon better join the club. Cause it's time to climb your ass down from your gold tower. Jump off the bland wagon and feel the beige power. Yeah. Oh. Peace and lentils, y'all. Oh my god! Oh, and there's the uh, there's the rating too. Behold the rating. 
<laughs> I was talking about the magnifying glass. If, if you're watching on YouTube, definitely want to up this to 720p. You're going to need the maximum resolution to see that tiny little blue speck that is the oh, like no. bar. Oh, that was so bad. That was so much cringe. You didn't properly prepare me for that skag. This is why I'm glad you didn't watch it early. Because here, I mean, where do we begin? Here's my question. Was he wearing an MPI hat? I don't know. I don't I, know. I about believe the, he was. I don't even know what that is. NPI? The National Policy Institute? Isn't that what Richard Spencer's? Oh, a good, good eye if that's what that was. I could go back and look. He already great. So listen up. Let's find a let's find a still here. Yeah, I mean it looks like it. Let's see this. That looks like it to me. Uh yeah. The National Policy Institute is an alt-right white supremacist <laughs> right supremacist think tank based in Arlington, Virginia. That's right, the, right. That's yeah, that's Richard Spencer's thing. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't that the conference where they did the Heil Hitler thing was the NPI conference. Good, yeah. good eye. I didn't even Although catch that. People did say this in the, um, when we were talking to Cernovich on our podcast, to be clear, Richard Spencer did not do the Heil Hitler hand. He gesture. said Heil Trump though. He I mean, said, we don't he need said to said Heil Trump and erase his glass, but the footage yeah. that I saw led me to believe that he also did that. Oh, I should not have done that. People are going to take still. Oh, no. <laughs> That's like one frame. Somebody needs to snip that one frame. Anyway, we, you know, we went down that debate. And you know what? Pisses half. Talking about pissing off half our audience kind of does that. So we've had it. We've hashed that out. But related to this, related to this production, here's among many questions I have. So it's an anti-racism piece. But there's that whole segment where they talk about chonkies, Mexi Jews, and beaner schnitzels. <laughs> How is that not racist? I mean, is, so so if I made a joke about a beaner, that's racist. But if you make a joke about a beaner schnitzel being a hybrid German Hispanic person or Mexican person, that's okay. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I guess I don't get the comedy here. Oh, man. And that's the thing. It's it's not even just like it's not just comedy. I disagree with. I don't even get the aim. I can I can laugh at comedy that doesn't fit my political persuasions if it's clever and it's well done and all that. This is just I, I don't even get it. I don't get the aim here. They're saying that you shouldn't be proud to be white because whites are going to be a minority group. Yeah, coming, th- coming here pretty shortly. I think that's fair too. I mean, that is this the is, theme. This of is it. super racist. I mean, yeah. this is real racism right here. I don't well, care if your entire uh, race is, you know, stamped out. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if ever you wanted to make the case about the promotion of, of quote unquote, white genocide in some of those terms that yeah, you hear, this, this is it. it. Yeah. This is it. And I've seen critics. Imagine if this was about black people. Imagine if this was about oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Asians. Imagine if it was about any race. And then, and then, of course, the assignment of it to Donald Trump personally. When have I've I have never, never heard, heard him say anything white supremacist? I've never heard him say anything like that before. Yeah, look at all the pure breeds losing their grip. Is Donald Trump losing his grip about pure breed people? I'd like to see the quote. I, I'm missing that one. And then, of course, they reference Bannon. You'd be hard pressed to even make that case for Bannon. I want to be clear. The only, and please fill me in if I'm missing some evidence, the only evidence I have ever seen of of Steve Bannon's quote-unquote white supremacism is this mention from a divorce case with his wife where yeah. his wife said he didn't, that he said he didn't want their child to go to a school with too many Jews. And if ever there were a place... <laughs> 
If ever there were a place where you know there's a hundred percent reliable testimony, it's a divorce yeah. disagreement. Hundred percent. Especially reliable. when there's custody on the table. I Never think that she lie. was going for full custody or something like that. Never a lie. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, launch Ben Shapiro and Milo Yiannopoulos to uh, to careers, uh, quite lucrative careers, by the way, because you hate Jews. But yeah. you know, you, you got Jewish all stars up and down your Breitbart lineup. Makes a lot of sense. That's <laughs> uh, so such um, bullshit. Can you imagine people's reaction if we told black people that they couldn't preserve their own race, that it was against their best interest to preserve their race? It's like this only applies to white people. Yeah, and they're just they're talking about they're talking about such a fringe too. Like the people they're actually speaking to are such a fringe. The people who not only care, I mean, you're talking about people who care about the preservation of Western values. That's a fairly sizable group. When you're talking about the people who care about preserving the purity of white blood, that's a very small group. That's that, a very that's, small group as far as conservatives are concerned, but I don't think it's a very small group as far as the alt-right is concerned. Right. My point is they're like, they're kind of assigning this to a, a much bigger role than it actually plays when they're oh, yeah. calling out Bannon and Trump specifically. Uh, here's This is the other thing I find fascinating too, because this is such a piece of crap and it's, it's such a piece of crap if it was uploaded to YouTube produced by people like you and I, independent people. But if PBS made this, I would, I'd write a few letters. I, I might write an email to my Senator or my Congressperson. Uh, I might write an email to PBS and be like, look, if you're going to take public money to do this crap, uh, no. How about stuff that's in the public interest? How about stuff that isn't hyper-partisan? How about stuff that isn't paranoid in its world outlook? Right. How about stuff that isn't pure conspiracy theory? I don't know. I'd be I'd be really pissed off if a single dollar of mine went to the production of this. Yeah, definitely. And it's not like they're going to honor it in the other direction and allow some white supremacists to come on. I mean, this is a this is a one-way street here. Well, I blame uh, I blame Trudeau. I blame pretty much everything <laughs> on Trudeau in Canada. That guy. Whenever I um, whenever I want to, because my relationship with Obama has obviously kind of been strained quite a bit. I still I was talking with Bryden about this over the weekend. Friend of the show, Bryden Proctor. Obama has said things, particularly during this election season, that have really rubbed me the wrong way. Most recently, he said that Hillary wasn't treated fairly by the media at his last press conference. Huh. But I still think at the end of the day, I still do think Obama's like a cool guy personally. And I think he's a guy I could like hang out with and probably get along with. And if I ever want to feel a little bit better about Obama as a guy, I just look at Justin Trudeau and I think, okay, at least he's not Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. Obama could be Justin Trudeau. We don't have that. <laughs> but that's all I got on, uh, Gosh, I'm still looking at this NPI hat. That's all I got on this. Wow, you're right. Power. That was really cringy. Beige power. Yep. There's a white chick in the background, though. Yeah, that's right. What's she doing in there? Look at this. She's like a white blonde. Yeah. Right there. What's she doing? Standing Get next to that little Asian guy, and then everybody else looks like garden variety Hispanic. Right? Yeah. Beige. The guy on the left might be Arab. Yeah, who knows? Well, Why'd they add that white chick in there? Huh. I don't know. She's blonde, too. You can't have that. Well, we got plenty of time. We still got uh, more than 15 minutes left to go in the show, which means, which is good because I didn't think we were going to have time for my favorite meltdown of the week. Mr. Keith Olbermann will have time to get into here. 
So Keith Olbermann apparently is doing YouTube videos for GQ now. Some of you younger viewers might not remember. Olbermann has long been a sports analyst, a political analyst. He had a, a show called Countdown on MSNBC for like a decade back when you and I were like in high school and stuff. And uh, he used to do Sunday night football and NBC and all this stuff. But now he's been, uh, people are calling him the Alex Jones of the left. I mean, <laughs> I've been saying for a while that Alex Jones this year, this 2016 was the year of many things. One of the things 2016 was, was the year of validation for Alex Jones, where all of a sudden Alex Jones is like one of the big truth tellers on the internet, you know, turn off CNN, turn on Infowars, and you're likely to get a better, better. picture of the truth. Who'd have thought that's the way it would be, but here we are. GQ brings on Keith Olbermann to do this series. And you would expect Olbermann to give his typical lefty rant, which he's famous for. He's always very stern. And maybe he is a little bit too forceful with his claims. But this is regarding Russia and the alleged hacking of the DNC and John Podesta. He goes nuclear. I mean, this is insane stuff. Take it away, Mr. Olbermann. We are at war with Russia, or perhaps more correctly, we have lost a war with Russia without a battle. We are no longer a sovereign nation. We are no longer a democracy. We are no longer a free people. We are the victims of a bloodless coup, so far a bloodless coup, engineered by Russia with, at best, the traitorous indifference of the Republican Party and Donald John Trump. And in this country, we have conceded defeat as the members of the Electoral College prepared to gather next Monday to finalize this coup. Some, perhaps unaware that almost half the states they represent permit them by law to vote for someone other than the candidate to whom they are pledged, and that only 38 of them need to do so to prevent this coup. We are already on the precipice of losing the freedom and independence of the nation. The nation and all of our freedoms hang by a thread, and the military apparatus of this country is about to be handed over to scum who are beholden to scum, Russian scum. As things are today, January 20th will not be an inauguration, but rather the end of the United States as an independent country. This is a reality that will become the only reality until this country rids itself of Donald John Trump. He is not a president. He is a puppet put in power by Vladimir Putin. Resist. Peace. Russian scum, Russian scum, blonde. Oh my did you God, not do hear how really dire this, this is? I have not <laughs> seen any evidence, no evidence, nothing that well, this... would convince me that Russians were involved in any of this. Yeah, are you familiar with the uh, the movie Billy Madison? I should have prepped this for the show, but my favorite meme of the week that someone sent me was Chris Farley's character, the bus driver, and Billy Madison and Billy. And he's and the bus driver is saying to Billy Madison, yeah, I totally saw that CIA evidence of the Russian hack. And Billy's like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah, but this guy I know, he saw it. No, he didn't. No. Yeah, but you could imagine what it'd be like. Nope, I could not. <laughs> it was awesome. But uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Again, take take what he's saying as true. Like, let's say we can demonstrate conclusively Russia hacked either the DNC or John Podesta or both. Let's say that's true. You still must acknowledge, Keith, that people made their decision for president with information that you grant as true. I, under, I, I accept that foreign actors hacking into our stuff, like private party servers, private 
the private email of a guy who's uh, a party chief or whatever. That's not good. But the American people made their judgment democratically with information that is true. That's not a coup, no matter how you characterize no. it. No, no, it's not. So there's that problem. And do <sighs> you also have to grant that WikiLeaks is the number one reason, the most influential reason that people chose Trump. Exactly. And, I, and they have outright said, they've outright said that it, this was not delivered to them by Russian hackers. They basically said that it was a DNC insider. Yeah. And I, mean, I the, trust WikiLeaks because everything that they've delivered has been real. I don't even care if it was a Russian hacker. Um, I don't think that it was. But if it was, they just delivered stuff to us that is verifiable and true. And so I don't care who got it to us. I don't care. That doesn't mean that they made things up. And as far as influencing the election, I, there's no evidence for that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, his argument, I could take this as serious if you could show me for sure, beyond any doubt, Russia hacked election uh, or voting machines themselves. Like Russia How? manipulated the vote. If if you could show me that, then I'm with you, Olbermann. That is an erosion of our democratic system. That is an actual hijacking of our government. That is bad. And we need to retaliate and treat that seriously. That's not at all what is being discussed here. Not even close. Yeah. Russian scum. I mean, <laughs> I'm amazed that this guy has had the career longevity that he has, but particularly in this venue. I mean, the, the decision that GQ is a channel with like a million subscribers, the decision that this is uh, worthy of, of being posted up there, that this is thoughtful enough. I mean, I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I don't know if Olberman writes this himself or if someone else does it. Maybe he does. Just a fly on I the wall. I hope he writes it himself, for fuck's sake. He's passionate about it. He's got the passion requisite of writing it himself. But I would like to sit in on the writing process of this because it seems <laughs> like just no... doing math and writing furiously. That's yeah. The process. <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing for people like you and I, where like every piece of a video that is made is there's, there's nobody to push back on us because nobody else makes the stuff, you know, like you do your videos, you write it all, you film it all, you record it, you put it to YouTube. It's all your work. In the case of Olbermann, I assume someone edits it. I assume someone is in charge of actually uploading it to the channel. It's probably going through several hands. And yeah. these hands saw this and like, yeah, that seems sane and reasonable. And it seems like a thing that the uh, American public should be seeing. It's, it's pure insanity. Oh, my God. They're going to infiltrate YouTube now. The mainstream <laughs> media is going to take over the alternate media. Yeah. But that's all I got on. Uh, that's all I got on Olbermann. We got ten minutes to spare. So what should we do? You want to take questions from the chat? Yeah, we never I think do we that. could. I think we could um, if people are interested. Hey, chat people! I'm always watching the live chat. Always watching the live chat. What kind of questions do you have? Nothing about the Jews. <laughs> You're gonna have to sift through like twenty unacceptable ones. I know. I know. Uh, For once, I didn't. For once, I prepared insufficient topics to the show. Can you believe that? Well, we kind of blew through Santa. That yeah. did not come out right. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's just questions about the Jews. God damn it, you guys. Somebody oh, say something like, come on. Come on. There's uh, well, I could dive into. I know we have some questions in the email. Oh, inbox, we got some stuff. Okay. I'd would either of you consider yourselves conservative? I certainly would. People keep pinning that label on me, such as Sarah Harvard. That's the other thing I can talk about, but right I'm going to wait. 
I'm going to wait uh, to destroy her this week. Uh, if you haven't heard, if you don't follow me on Twitter, that reporter, that fraudulent reporter who pushed that false Trump harassment story did an interview with me early this week. And she said she was going to write a self-reflection piece about improving her methods and doing a better job and all this. And to an extent she did that, but mostly she said, I fell for a right wing hoax and here's the piece of crap conservative who got me and I'm the piece of crap conservative. So throughout this whole ordeal, I've had so many people labeling me as conservative that I just kind of run with it. I, I think truthfully, I'm trending libertarian. I think more than anything, I think the government's role in just everything needs to be smaller and that includes social issues. And that's probably where I um, differ with some conservatives, but I, mean, I guess you could say I'm trending that way. I, I, I still don't call myself a conservative, but I just don't like labels. I don't. I, n- I, neither do I. I mean, you can get yourself into some trouble. Can't we just call it where we see it? Come on. Yeah. Um, half these questions are about Pizzagate. We could talk about that for a little bit if you want. <sighs> I don't. People keep asking me to address it. And I if kind you of want feel... to talk Pizzagate, go for it. I <laughs> I mean, I'm just not I'm just not totally sold. Like I love David Seaman and I like reality calls and a lot of people that are talking about Pizzagate and I watch their videos and sometimes I'm like, yeah, but most of the time I just feel like there's a lot of confirmation bias going on. Although I will say, as I mentioned in my video from yesterday, that if you go through and you type in pizza into the Podesta emails, if you read, it's clear that there's a code language happening there. Weird. I mean, a pizza-related map on a handkerchief. <laughs> I uh, I will confess, I'm not going to sit here and dismiss it outright because that would imply that I've done my due diligence in terms of looking into it, and I just haven't. And there are several reasons I haven't. It's because people that I trust as smart opinion leaders have said there's no hard evidence. And Who so said I trust- that? I Although I did watch Sargon's video on... Um, Sargon on, says it. Ben Shapiro says it. Sargon did a did a video on pedophilia, though, and um, he talked about how that's really feasible and how this is a possibility. Yeah. He didn't want to rule it out. And so I, I'll give him credit there because we can't be like, oh, this is totally ridiculous because pedophile rings have been uncovered in yeah. elitist groups like throughout every culture in the history of mankind. I mean, this is not like something that's totally outrageous. I just haven't seen any evidence that has convinced me enough that I want to stake my reputation on it. Well, here's, yeah. And here's his whole point is that you shouldn't think the idea of a pedophilia ring is absurd. As you said, like there's plenty of cases that show that it's a real thing that we should be worried and serious about. The other point he made that I agree completely with is given the seriousness of pedophilia allegations, I'm not going to promote those without substantial reason for doing so. And (laughs) If if the if the hard evidence is out there, I of course will look at it. I just haven't seen it and I haven't looked into it and I probably won't. And my worry about it is without seeing any hard evidence is that the benefit of this is minimal unless it's 100% true. Like if it's not true and you keep going after this, it's kind of tinfoil hattery after you've already won. Yeah. And it just kind of minimizes and defeats it makes, I guess it promotes a lot of craziness that's not necessary and we can move on. Now, of course, the counter is if children were actually harmed, that's not something you want to move on from. You want to get to the bottom of it. I agree. I just need to see the hard evidence. Yep. I need more evidence. All right. Which we should take a few more questions. Um, who would be your dream guest? I have a few. Do you want to go first? Oh, you go first so I can think about it for a second. Uh, I mean, Sargon would be uh, awesome. Oh, get yeah. Someone I would love I really to have look Sargon up to. On. I'd love to have him. Uh, my signed picture back there. Yeah, I'd love to Milo. have Milo on. I've, I've, I've emailed him 
to come on the show. Surprise, surprise. He's uh, If he's too busy for Ben Shapiro, he's too busy he's for us. Too Speaking busy for of us, Ben yeah. Shapiro, though, I, w- I would also be honored to have Ben yep. on the show. I would have um, to do a lot of backtracking. Other two Coach. that I really look up to, Dave Rubin, Steven Crowder. I'd even settle for yep. not gay Jared. Maybe we can get not gay Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I definitely want to get Gavin on the show. Yeah. Which I think we could swing at some point. Um, and let's see. Oh, Ann Coulter. That's who I would pick. Mm. That would be mighty fine. I saw you praising Miss Coulter on Twitter today. That's because some stupid bitch. I was. I said I want to be Ann Coulter when I grow up. It was my status. And then some girl goes, what, irrelevant and uneducated? First of all, <laughs> Ann Coulter graduated top of her class at Michigan Law, which outranks Columbia Law. Yeah. Number one in her class. Ann Coulter is a brilliant genius that has gotten the best education that money can buy. And uh, irrelevant, she's also one of the best-selling authors, uh, the best-selling pundit. She's on the New York Times list like every single year. Third of all, what other genius do you know who predicted Trump so accurately? I mean, yeah. uh, along with friend of the show, my friend Holy Biju, the guy who crafted the fake story that we sent to the reporter, he predicted Trump in August of 2015. I think oh, Ann yeah. Coulter was before that. Before that. Summer she of 2015. Saw, she understands populism and she's she's a genius. So Yeah. And she also was 100% right uh, in the election before. She says, we need to nominate. I remember she said, we need to nominate Chris Christie. If we don't, it'll be Romney and we will lose. And that is 100% what happened, too. Yeah, she's totally right. Yeah, You can be Ann Coulter. You just got to get more skeletal. You need to go on like a two week fast and then you, and you, a little longer and than you that. need to ditch all those like motherly tendencies you have. At yeah. Times. Yeah. I need to need... ice myself up, up, up a bit. And she's yes. really good at deflecting. I still kind of like internalize some of the hate, but she just thinks it's funny. It's like fuel for her. Yeah. So if I could be a little bit more like no that. food and ice baths for a month and you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, who else? I would love to have Sticks Hexenhammer on. Right. Yeah, we've had a lot of requests. We we should probably. Uh, I bet we can get him on in the new year. Yeah, yeah. His his uh, channel is just growing exponentially. It's crazy. There's like ten thousand new subscribers every time I look. Did you see that he claims you, you've seen the Cuck Norris and, and Triggered Tequila video, right? Yeah. He claims to have been married to that Triggered Tequila chick. What? He thinks he was married to that. She says she's Mexican, but she seems Asian. The one who's Wait, are you, are you racist? Yes. Yes. He says He's he like, was. I may or may not have been married to that. He show? says he was married to her, but he can't tell because the lighting in the video is poor. You can see his video on it. Interesting. Yeah. Follow up on it. Well, we I'm going to watch somebody. that in two minutes. Yeah. Look <laughs> it up after we're done here. Oh, he got banned from Facebook. It looks like they're saying in the live chat. For what? I don't know. He's not that controversial. Well, I uh, I don't watch. I've seen some of his stuff. I certainly don't watch every upload, but I know he talks about like uh, like satanic stuff and. He's into the occult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Mm. You can't cock the tuck. Don't even try. If we could get him on no, the show, I love his show. I just discovered it last week, and I just have been watching it. He just shamelessly just. I want to talk to his booking scary. agent and be like, "How do you do it?" How do yeah, you get okay. these people? How, how do you how do you do this? Because how do you they... lure them onto your show and then embarrass them so thoroughly, <laughs> laugh in their faces, and then say, "Great interview, have a nice day." How it's how so... how do you get Tariq Nasheed? How do you get that? There was that Muslim apologist lady. There was that um, that guy who says no Trump supporters at my business. There he's been interviewing one of these uh, deviant electors too. This guy who's I want to know. I wonder if they're paying them because we ask to get these people on our show all the time. All the time. And I've had personal beef with Tariq Nasheed. I would have loved to have him on the podcast. Oh, God. 
Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe there's Fox News money that's that's yeah. doing it. That would make sense. Because I, I am incredibly jealous of his ability to consistently pull the toughest gets. You want to talk about tough gets and guests for the show. You know, we, we like to reach high and think about people we look up to. Like, you know, I mentioned Ruben and Crowder and these people we looked up to. That's way more feasible and likely than getting these ultra regressives. I mean, you talk about people I'd really love to get. AIDS Skrillex. Oh, yeah. Carl the Cuck. Trigglypuff, Cock Norris, Triggered Tequila, the whole meme brigade. I mean, that would be amazing. And if I had Tucker's money and Tucker's agent, maybe we could make it happen. One day. One day. One day. You got any more in the chat or are we all, we could probably do one more if you want. Um, Let's see. These are not very good questions. Don't say mean things about our chatters like that. Do you guys follow Scott Adams? I do. I like Scott Adams. He was very, very good at predicting this election. He saw what was going on and exploited it. I haven't looked too much into him. I saw him on Ruben and I saw him in Cernovich's documentary. He's a really smart guy. He's got a good blog and his Twitter is... Uh, I'm not sure if he's super active on Twitter still. I kind of stopped following him after the election. But um, hmm. his Twitter, you know, leading up to the election was, was really great. It seems like another one of those guys that had the foresight on trump i'm so kind of jealous man i wish in in retrospectively i should have been much stronger in my trump predictions and not waffled and i'd look so smart now but we still look smarter than like do you remember that conversation that we had that day that my parents told me that i need to accept that hillary's gonna win and i had a long cry and then called you and you're like well maybe you do just need to be more realistic (laughs) well yeah Look, I no, have... no. You told me to take a pit stop, a pit stop at realism every once Hold in a while. On. That's what you said. The, you're omitting key parts of this story <laughs> because you went from Trump defeatism to like pie in the sky, Trump ponies and duckies and rainbows. That's because I sat down and realized my parents are wrong about this. I'm not in an echo chamber, and then I came back stronger and was that strong for the rest of the election. Yeah, well, that was look, just a moment, a little. I moment was here. I was here, and then you were like, I'm here, and I'm here, and I'm here, and I'm here, and I'm on a pogo stick jumping over you every two seconds. That's my mom and dad's fault. They really <laughs> like, like, seriously, you need to be realistic. You're going to ruin your channel with all this Trump support. <laughs> well, look at us now. Look at us now. You know, uh, I think we were, I am proud of uh, of our our forecasting pri- immediately prior to the election. And, you know, yeah. that's the only forecasting that matters, really. Uh, and I think we were pretty good on that, but, uh, I'm comfortable closing there. If you are, <laughs> yeah, anything else you got? All right. Oh, somebody said blonde is just fueled by her unrelenting emotions. That's true. <laughs> That's another thing. I mean, these are uh, in your transition to Ann Coulter. You gotta, you gotta shed some of gotta that. Abandon my emotions. Well, yeah, the ice uh, baths will help. You just, <laughs> you'll get into it. Okay. Let's close it out on that. <laughs> note. Right. Well, uh, we want to say to everyone who has supported this show since we started in May, if you're new, if you're a longtime listener, oh, wait, I can't play this. I had a special Christmas outro and I clicked the wrong one. Not that we, not anything against bearing and tits. Anyway, thank you guys very kindly for supporting the show. Uh, since the next two Sundays are Christmas and New Year's Day, we haven't decided yet what we're going to do for shows. We might do one uh, in between. But we'll have to, uh, you'll have to stand by to see when we do our next show. We will do the call-in shows on Wednesday nights as normal, though, so be there Wednesday night. Uh, remember, we're keeping the Christmas giveaway open until Christmas Day 
Find that link in the description. We'll pick four random winners. You get a choice of a free show, t-shirt, or mug. Uh, if you're looking for more of the show, got extra material on the audio platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, more of the show, uh, call-in show on demand, all that stuff. Find that linked in the description. We'll be back Sundays in 2017 and probably one more day in between because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. And Merry Christmas, everyone. And have a good night.